Hello and welcome to the Dobcast. I'm Erica Stacey. An important aspect of successful digital marketing is having a strong online presence for yourself, for your brand, or both. Today's guest has not only developed a strong personal brand, but also online brands for her three businesses. Kate Toon, aka the Beyonce of SEO and copywriting, really needs little introduction in marketing circles. She's a copywriter, search engine optimizer, trainer, author, podcaster, speaker, conference organizer, and more. While Kate could share oodles of valuable information with us on any of these topics, in this episode we discuss how she's developed her online brand, the tipping points that have up-leveled her brand, the mistakes, the challenges, and more. Kate also shares what she's learning at the moment and her one tip to help you be prepared to do your best online. so much for joining me this morning, Kate. I'm really excited to chat to you. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be here. <laughs> I was going to say, a couple of weeks ago, you were in Norway for YoastCon and today you're on the Dobcast, which is like similar, but different. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of same level. It was, it was uh, the Netherlands, not Norway. I oh, get more apologies. I've been calling it, I've been calling it Holland, which apparently is very old school, but yeah, somewhere cold and Northern. That's where I was. Uh, well, geography is definitely not my strong suit. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, really excited to chat to you today. Obviously you could chat about so, so many different things and we might have to do some other interviews as well. But today I wanted to specifically chat to you about online brand and the process that you've gone through for developing your own online brand, which kind of crosses the personal and professional edges and any tips that you can kind of share about that with the listeners on the Dobcast. Um, So I've known of your online brand for a long time. Anybody who doesn't know you and who you are, could you give us like the short Buzzfeed version of Kate Toon and how you got to be where you are today? Yeah. Okay. So I've come up with a new title for myself, which is SEO and writing entrepreneur, which sounds incredibly up for my own bottom, but it's hard to know how to describe yourself because really, I guess I'm a business owner. And these days I have uh, three core businesses. I have the Clever Copywriting School, which teaches copywriters how to be better copywriters. And that has a membership and a shop and a directory and a conference, which I launched two two years ago uh, and and a podcast. And then I have the recipe for SEO success, which started as uh, a a teaching course, a seven-week course to teach people how to DIY their SEO, very comprehensive course. But that's kind of grown into multiple courses, a very big Facebook group, and that has a podcast and a shop as well. So, And then in the background, I have my copywriting business, which to be honest is kind of I don't do as much copywriting as I did before, not very much at all, but it kind of, it's a proof point for my recipe course because I rank very well. And also I get a lot of leads through that business, which I then give to my copywriters. So it kind of is still a part of my business, just not quite the way it used to be. And then these days I do a lot of public speaking. So I'm traveling around to events, talking about various bits and bobs um, and my book. And yeah, so a lot of things, a lot of things happening. A lot of things. No, that's super exciting. And I know from, because I've been following you for, God, probably at least eight years. No way. Yeah. I feel very honoured. Wow. (laughs) No, because I remember, because I come from an agency background as well, which I know you do. And I'm sure it was 
when I was still at the agency, you were, you were already a couple of years into doing your thing and, you know, popping up in all these places. So it's, um, yeah, it's been exciting to watch and obviously exciting to speak to you now today as well. And uh, yeah, so I know from, um, from following you and listening to other interviews and reading your book and all of those types of things that coming from that agency producing background and then moving into copywriting and then specifically into SEO copywriting was part of the problem that you identified when you started working for yourself that for people to find you, they needed to find you in search results. So hence the uh, the transition transition into, into SEO and that focus on SEO. But at the time when you were focusing on improving those search engine results from a business perspective, did you have the idea or the inkling or the intention that this was going to be part of creating your online brand presence? Um, No, I didn't. Uh, So I had done SEO previously uh, at an agency when SEO was very much in its infancy. So it was a sort of skill that I had. And when I was working in Sydney, I did some freelance work for like a brand, big brand in the UK called Pedigree Chum, um, helping them do their SEO strategy. So it was a definite skill that I had. When I started off as a freelancer, though, I did a bit of everything. I did some graphic design. I'm I apologize to anybody's graphic design I did because I wasn't very good. I built lots of uh, WordPress websites for people, which then proved useful for building my own. And I have eight websites. Did a bit of project management, did a bit of this, did a bit of that. So I never had a, a brand strategy. As you said, I used SEO to get my own business out there. Um, but then obviously it was like, oh, well, I could offer this as a service. Um, and I started off offering people audits really. So looking at their sites and saying, this is what's wrong and this is what you need to fix. Not just the copy, but the tech as well and the graphics and the usability. And then that developed into, I was like, doing these one-on-one is kind of quite time consuming. It'd be quite good to do like a workshop because we all think workshops are awesome. So I uh, did a a workshop with about 20 people, a day-long workshop, which was exhausting. Did that a couple of times and realized that it's just too much to take in, in, in one day, mm. you know, and SEO is something that you need to come back to again and again. And, you know, you find that people were looking at their notes months later and not really being able to make sense of them. So then the online course was born. And really with that, I, I sold it first. Um, I sold it to about 25 people and then I built it. Um, so, and I was, uploading videos the night before frantically <laughs> this was before mbn so it's, it's been a real evolution and there was no plan whatsoever and there still isn't a plan um, i wish there was sometimes but i have no idea what i'll be doing a couple of months from now who knows yeah and that's something you said quite publicly as well that you've developed like you say these three businesses without having a business strategy or a business plan that being said are there any aspects of planning that have gone into your business process or is it more making those decisions along the way or seizing opportunities or being very flexible? I think it's, I think, I mean, look, I have a discipline in, t- in the way that I work and, you know, I've always been very much about the bottom line and making sure that I have good cash flow um, and that money's coming in. Um, so that's always been a top priority for me. So I don't make really, really crazy decisions. Like I haven't invested 20 grand in X or whatever. I've always been quite strict with myself on that score. But other than that, no, it's been totally organic. Like I see an opportunity and I go for it or opportunities come your way like people say hey we could do this together or "Mm, this might be an idea or you have a mad idea and you just think I want to pursue this and if it fails I'll fail on my own 
you know, I fell on my, my it'd be my failure, you know, that's fine. Um, and yeah, that's really been it. Like, you know, I've talked about this a few times, but in the book, I talk about how I have my three principles, you know, will it make me money? Do people want it? And will I enjoy it? And that last one for me is so, so important. Will I enjoy doing it? Um, and, and that's guided me a lot along the way. So that's been helpful. Those three things. Oh, I have to remember those. I think sometimes <laughs> I actually don't have a business plan either. And then every no. now and then I, I look at things like grants and bits and pieces that need business plans. And I'm like, damn it. But it yeah. still hasn't been enough to convince me to actually, I, I, I've downloaded a few templates from banking websites and then I get about a quarter of the way through and get quite bored. <laughs> exactly. I'd rather just not apply for the grant or the award. It's like, God, other things I'd rather be doing, you know, and I think, it's not for everyone. Some people like to have a plan and a structure, but you know, for me, it's, I think people get too attached to their plan and they become quite rigid and they're like, well, this isn't in the plan, so I'm not going to do it. And often the most exciting bits of my business have been the bits where I've gone off road and down some random track and then it's developed into something. You know, if I, if I'd had a plan, I'd be like a, probably, you know, a sex successful copywriter writing for big brands. And I wouldn't have any of these other things going on. I probably wouldn't have written my book. I wouldn't be speaking at events. I just have kept doing that because it worked and it was earning me money and it was, you know, it was kind of ongoing, but you know, it's a bit, bit boring. I reckon if you don't, if you don't have adventures, adventures are half the fun of having your own business, I think. Oh, absolutely. I think it's really easy to forget that as well. We can, you know, I think a lot of us, and just speaking to other people who work for themselves, we go into business with this idea of it's going to give us all this freedom. It's going to be, give us all this flexibility. And then we create this really rigid structure and try and like rule ourselves in the same way that a boss would or how we think other people need to look. You know, or sorry, what, how other people think we need to act and need to behave. And, um, yeah, you kind of so start down the rabbit hole and then go, what happened? Yeah, like, you know, you're, you're sitting on a Sunday night dreading going to your own job that you made while you're your own <laughs> boss on a Monday. That's, and I think it's hard because most of us have come out, you've come out of agency, I have. There's such structure there. You, you know, you do work in a certain mode and then you come and you be a freelancer and you kind of do need to recreate it because it's comforting. It's what we're used to having, you know, working nine to five and having a lunch break and sitting out. That's what we're used to, yeah? Like, hours. <laughs> exactly. And, I, and honestly, I think that discipline is one of the reasons I'm successful. That, that, that kind of recreating some of those agency things like, you know, billable time. We just talked about, like, I think that's a, a message that I pass on to my copywriters all the time. You have eight hours a day, but how much of it is billable? And are you tracking that? How much time are you spending just banning about or being on social media? You know, it's a really important concept. And a lot of people just don't get that. And also the discipline to just sit at your desk you know, and do the work because believe me, I would much rather be lying in bed watching Netflix all day long, you know, but you have to, you have to do things that other people don't want to do. I think is very important. So yeah, I agree. Um, so you do wear a lot of hats. We've talked about a few of them already with, uh, obviously copywriting, teaching, speaking, author, conference coordinator. I'm sure I've missed a lot here. Um, are any, do you have a favourite hat that you wear? I think, although I love, I love to hate it, I do, really do enjoy the buzz of speaking. It's very draining, but I do like that performance and I like being able to kind of, you know, talk to people and meet people. I really enjoy that because I'm kind of an ambivert, so I love retreating to my little toon cave where I'm working today. But I do like getting out now and again. Um, so I do really enjoy that. 
honestly, as time goes on, I realize how little writing I now do. And I really do miss writing because that's my passion. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and now I spend a lot of time, as you said, organizing things, project managing, budgets, emailing, a lot of organizational stuff. And we were just talking about with podcasts, there's a lot of organizational stuff there um, to produce a tiny little snippet of audio. So I miss the writing and I'd like to, I hope to get back to that. Like I would really like to write another book and write more blog posts because that's my favorite hat, I think. So from the speaking perspective, like you say, that's something that is, I mean, you've been doing it for a while, but I guess in your suite of skills, it's one that's a bit more relatively new. Mm. Is that something, getting back to the topic of online brand, is that something that you went out seeking or was it an opportunity that came to you initially based on your online brand? Well, I, the, my, my kind of break or my turning point was I went, I bought a ticket to ProBlogger quite a few years ago now, three or four years ago, and they did the little uh, competition that you could have 10 minutes on stage talking about your area of expertise. And so I applied and along with a lady called Lauren Bartley and a few others, I got the spot and I stood on stage and talked about SEO and the feedback from the audience was, was, was just amazing. Like, you know, people like, I've never understood it and now I do. And I was like, ah, and that was when I really pivoted more away from copywriting towards the SEO. That's when I really thought this, this is a niche. This is a niche. Now there are heaps of women in SEO that like five years ago, there was, there were really very, very few. Now everyone's a bloody SEO, but then it was a bit of a niche and a bit of a niche to kind of do it in the way that I was doing in a fun, friendly way. Now, again, everyone's doing the same thing, but Hey, but then it was innovative. And then from there, I kind of made my own speaking opportunities by doing my own little events and workshops, which built up my confidence. And then I just applied to conferences. So I applied to a few conferences as a speaker. And then, as you know, with a podcast, you get to talk to a lot of people and meet people. So then you start to meet other people who are running events and they say, hey, will you come and speak at my thing? And you do to the point where now, yeah, people, people will email me and say, we would like to have you speak at this event, you know, which is joyous that's what you really want you want to be asked you know and we'll pay you and we'll pay for your hotel whoa that's what we want but last year I spoke at about nearly 40 events nearly 40 wow and that was yeah it was a lot um wow. and I spoke at everything from conferences to breakfast meetups to dinners to workshops just to really break the back of it and absolutely feel confident about it but that was that was I've done that now. Now I'm being a little bit more selective about what I speak at because it's a lot of work. And it's, it's a huge amount of work. Like you're saying with full day sessions, I get very exhausted from doing full day sessions. Oh, like I, I can't do I try to avoid them. People ask mm. for them and they want them. I'm always like, really? Can we make it two half days? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I do a bit of in-house training, um, which is like a small team. Um, you know, I'll go in into a business and do a day there. But I, you know, I charge a premium for that because I know that the next day will be the next day and possibly the day after will be wiped out so really they're paying for three days of me um so I make sure that I cover that in my costs because you need after a full day of doing something like that you need a you need to lie down basically oh, it's exhausting absolutely it's like a full day training hangover marathon <laughs> yes exactly exactly oh, I was like I'm getting too old for this I need to recover I think that's so true yeah let's make it six hours or four exactly <laughs> Um, so like we've talked about, your, the road you've taken from leaving agency, going out as a freelancer, exploring these different avenues has actually been quite a long time. I'm not sure yeah. how this is going to come across, but I feel like they're just, you know, because of the internet, 
there are people who may look to you and see you as being an overnight success and all of a sudden there's this big online brand. But that's obviously not not the case. Yes. Was there a particular point where it felt like everything seemed to happen for you though? Or is, has it just been that steady build up and then all of a sudden there are some people that are going, oh, what's going on here? Well, it, there's been a few little points. Like I, 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 there was a point when I was about three or four years in as a copywriter where I was like, this is going to work. Like this is happening. And where I felt like I was, and I got to the top of the rankings for every word related to copywriting. And people were like, God, whenever I put in copywriter, Kate Toon comes up. And, that, and I started to write for Flying Solo, which felt quite big at oh, the time yes. for me. And my articles would like go boom. You know, they'd really, really go off and get lots of shit. That felt like quite a tipping point. As I said, I think that pro blogger event was a tipping point because from that I set up like a, what's now a paid product, but then it was free, a 10-day challenge and a Facebook group. And in the space of a week, I got nearly a thousand people in that Facebook group. And that felt like a real tipping point the, the, just to give some uh, relativity there. Now it's got six and a half thousand, but that's three years later. So I got a thousand in a week and then the rest have trickled it. You see what I mean? So that was a yes. big one. And then writing the book kind of, up-leveled me. I hate that word, but that seemed to, because people respect people who've written books, even if the books aren't that great. We kind of look up to people. The podcasts, that was a big thing. And, the, and I think one of the biggest um, was the conference. That started off as just a meetup of all the people in my copywriting community, but then it turned into like a conference. And last year it was like a the first show was a bit sketchy. I don't know what I was doing. I still didn't know what I was doing last year, but it was just much bigger and better and looked like a real conference. And again, if you run a conference, people start taking you a bit more seriously because it's kind of like you're the person picking the team. You're no longer being picked. You're a picker. And, and that felt like a, a real point. And I think this last year, because I spoke at so many things and I did, and I've been on so many podcasts and, and I turn up a lot. I think I was everywhere, almost to the point where I'm, I think people are sick of me. I'm sick of me. Uh, so I'm trying to take a step back a little bit this year and, and not do so much. So that wasn't a very succinct answer. So definitely not an overnight success. I'm 11 years in. The first four years, I achieved pretty much nothing because I had a baby and I was trying to you know, be a mum and do this in 10 hours. Five years in, it kind of tipped a bit. And then there's been little jumps along the way, little leap ups along the way. It's, it's been interesting. Sorry, that was a very long answer. No, no. This is, it probably highlights the fact that it is a process and, yes. and it's not, I guess, it's certainly not something that I relate to at all, but there's something about this time of year, particularly in Facebook feeds, there's lots of, you know, discover my success type posts coming out from people. And I'm usually yes. going, who are you? I have no idea yes. who you are. Yeah. And this is it. It's all relative. Like we all, you know, there's people in our little world because we all were in the same sort of little world that we know of that seem quite well known to us, you know, and even like big names like, you know, Pat Flynn and Gary Vaynerchuk and Marie Folio and, you know, Amy Porterfield. If I talk to my husband about any of those people, he hasn't heard of any of them. Never heard of a single one. And even if I talk to like, you'll go into a new group on Facebook and you'll mention someone and you're like, how can you not have heard of this person? Like, I love this person. They're like, no, never heard of them. Don't know who they are. So I think we're all in little circles (laughs) feeling quite self-important, but really we're not, we're not that well known at all. (laughs) (laughs) Or was it like big, big fish in small ponds? Exactly. It was like big pond of the internet. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of things. And and as I speak at more things and go to more events, you realize just how 
many people there are doing what we do. And it makes you almost, if I'd have known that when I, I don't know, I think I might even have not started. Like oh, really, you know, it's quite overwhelming. You know, I felt like I was doing something quite radical and different, especially with the SEO. And I mean, I do think more people have adopted it. I mean, I've trained about eight and a half thousand people on my course. So I know, you know, and lots of when people get recommended in groups now, I love it because the five people above me are my students and the three people below are my students or my graduates. You know, it's great. Mm. Um, but then you go out into the wider world and realize it's just millions and millions of people doing SEO. Like, just I don't know how we can all find work, but we can. And it's that thing, spirit of abundance. There is enough to go around. It's insane. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and finding the right people. I guess that's where it is that concept of coming, you know, having that brand that not everyone, even though a lot of people want SEO, they don't all necessarily want it in the same way or attracted to the same person. So exactly. being able to differentiate yourself by who you are and how you present yourself and how you present your content. That personal, that personal brand again, you know, like your sense of humor and your sense of style and your tone of voice, all that thing. And, you know, we talk about this a lot in marketing, you know, marketing's as much about repelling as attracting you know finding your tribe because pretty much there's only one way to teach seo it's, it's you know there's the, when you get to the pointy end it gets a bit more tricky but the basics are the same whoever's teaching them and a lot of that can just be found on google anyway so it's all about your delivery and how you break it down and how you so yeah it's it's all about personal brands i just think that's that's everything which is good because that's what we're talking about on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so you've mentioned a lot of areas in regards to the actual online channels like you've got like eight websites I was trying to figure out how all of your eight websites I was listening to one of your episodes the other day and I was like eight I've got to go and like I know it's insane out. I was managing two for myself last year and I was just like I just mush them together this will be easier um, I should seriously do some I should do some mushing but you see that's an interesting point why do I have so many and it was a mistake it was a mistake basically and it's a mistake that I now can't go back on because about five years ago, I was like, well, I want to launch an SEO course, but I don't want to have it under Kate Toon. Like, I want to have it separate. Like, I feel it being associated with me might undermine, what was I thinking? Might undermine it in some way. So I'm going to create a new brand. And I want to have a copywriting school, but I don't want it to be associated with me because I am a copywriter and that might undermine it a little bit. What? So I created these two separate brands and then realized that the only reason anyone was buying either of the products was because of me. And yet I disassociated them. So I then went through and created little cartoon avatars that I now use across all of them. So it's kind of consistent. But that's why I have, and then I created a podcast with Belinda, my friend, called the Hot Copy Podcast, which is not named after either of those businesses or myself. So there's another brand. And that's the problem. You know, like I, I would, if I had my time again, I don't think I would have done that. I would have kept them all under the Kate Toon hub. You know, the, we make these mistakes and we have to live with them and we have to maintain eight websites. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's websites, obviously, there's social channels, there's emails that you do regularly. You do a lot of video work. There's the Facebook group. Back in the day, there was the Google Plus group as well. So lots of areas for Kate Toon to be on online and, and, and develop that presence. Is there any one particular one that stood out as providing the most benefit to you or was it more a case of having it a little bit everywhere? I think, I think it's, it's a, a little bit of both. Uh, the Facebook group has been, has been powerful. The Facebook group, um, the, the I love SEO one has been quite powerful and 
almost by accident the misfits one i have another one called misfit entrepreneurs which is honestly i don't know why i have that group it's ridiculous most we just post nonsense in it but that's been really powerful as well in terms of building that personal brand so i think the facebook groups have been great i don't think facebook pages are that great i do still get a lot of interaction on mine but i don't know why you know it's it's there's no rhyme or reason to it uh, the podcasts for me have been huge I think the podcasts have been the reason I've been invited on other podcasts. I think the podcasts have helped me get speaking gigs. And I think the podcasts have really helped build a relationship with my listeners, trust and authority. Um, and just, you know, I love podcasts. I love a few. Uh, and I've talked about this a lot, but, you know, when I listen to them, I'm doing something lovely. I'm walking my dog. I'm doing the garden. So that person comes with me into my home. It's quite an intimate relationship having them in your ear talking to you. And, and I, yeah, I love them. You know, I, you fall, kind of fall a bit in love with that person. You look forward to the next episode. You look forward, you binge through episodes. It's quite a beautiful thing. And I just don't think there's any other medium, even video. I prefer podcast to video because I don't yeah. have the time to sit and watch a video, but I can listen to a podcast while I'm doing other things. So I'd say podcast. So good on you for starting a podcast. <laughs> as challenging forward. as it is. <laughs> as challenging as it is and as time consuming as it is, it is a really great medium, I think. Yeah. And you've been podcasting for a while now as well. How long is the hot copy? Was the hot copy podcast your first podcast? Yes, it was. And that, that's it. that came about in an odd way. And I kind of threatened online that I was going to have a podcast. I knew nothing. I, I knew nothing. And Belinda <laughs> saw it and she was like, oh God, I want to do one. Maybe we could do one together. So that was, Belinda really got that off the ground. I think that's nearly three years. Yeah. Um, and we've been very consistent because Belinda is consistent. I would have let that go yonks ago. Not because I... Not because I don't love it, but because it's so time consuming. And, you know, as in the early days, you don't see the ROI. You don't see, oh, this person listened and then bought the thing. It's very ephemeral and kind of, you don't really know what, if it's working or not. The recipe one has gone for a couple of years, but it's been very sporadic. It's now got a bit more organized because I just got a big sponsor. And now yes, I have a bit of a sponsor. congratulations on that. That's awesome. I know. It was it's a big deal for me that because it's really hard to get podcast sponsorship. But it, the other, but the only problem is it is like now I have to actually do it. You know, <laughs> I can't take a week off. So it's like, God damn it. Yeah. So I've been doing it a while, and then I did start one for the book, Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur. Did ten episodes, left it. I may resurrect it. I may not. It may just be left as it is, and I might start another one for my next book. I don't know. I do enjoy it. I would love to just podcast. So if I can get enough money in sponsorship, I can give up everything else and just podcast all the time. That'd be great. <laughs> I'd love that. That sounds kind of like a business plan. Well, oh no, if it happens, goal. (laughs) Yeah, if it happens, it happens. But I will put no effort into making it happen. That's the thing. I think a plan is when you set an action point and you work towards it. (laughs) I will. I will vaguely mention it on this podcast. And if the universe delivers a sponsor, I'll go down that path. But if the universe doesn't deliver a sponsor. I won't do it. Do you know what I mean? Yes, so, I do. <laughs> a bit weird. I mean, from an outsider's perspective, one of the things that I would say that has definitely assisted with your personal brand online is the fact that you are very personal and personable, like in all the places, because yeah, like you said, where we move in some of the same circles and similar groups and social medias, the socials, and you are you. Are you you? <laughs> are you you? 
that is the that is the hashtag for this episode. Are you you? Question mark. Yes, I am me. And that again, that is a conscious decision. That was a conscious decision to be myself. That's such a weird thing to say. But again, you know, you start a business and you think you have to be all, you know, wearing a polyneck jumper and looking like a copywriter and writing articles about serious heavy things. And I I really did try that and I just really wasn't very good at it. I'm not very um I'm not very glamorous. I'm not very good at kind of you know, looking put together and whatever. And it was holding me back from doing stuff because I was like, I don't look as glamorous as, say, Denise Duffield Thomas. You might not have heard of her, but she's kind of quite a glamorous, entrepreneurial kind of lady with beautiful backdrops and things and flowers and nice hair. I'm not that. So I, therefore, I can't make videos because they're going to look rubbish compared to hers. And I make a lot of spelling mistakes. I can't publish content because I have to get it pre-fred first and I don't have the time. And then just one day I was like, you know what? Stuff it. Stuff it who cares? I'm just going to turn up and make my typos and be scruffy. And I'm going to make my jokes. I mean, my humor is kind of sarcastic, but it's not bleak and it's not nasty. That is my sense of humor. You know, not everyone likes it. Not everyone finds what I post funny, but I find it funny and I enjoy it. And I think you've got to enjoy being online. So I really enjoy my groups. I enjoy, I, you know, I do write all my own comments. There's no like minion writing. <laughs> I enjoy it. And it doesn't take me a lot of time. I'm not writing great long essays but because I'm myself I never have to self-edit I never have to worry that I've said one thing one place and one thing another because even if I have that's human isn't it you know if I've given one piece of advice here and then negated it somewhere Mm. else oh sorry I'm only human I made a mistake it's been incredibly freeing to be able to just be myself wherever I am even on platforms like LinkedIn like I don't care. I'll post a picture of my dog, you know, whatever. And that has been huge for me because I think, as you said, people either really like you or they don't like you. And I am relatively personable. And when I meet people in person, I am the same Mm. because I don't know about you, but if, if I've met a few business people who I've really admired and loved them and they're all gregarious and vivacious and you meet them in person and it's like, who is, this is what? They are not the same at all. And it's so disappointing that, again, speaking at a lot of things last year, I'm meeting a lot of people, people are like, wow, you're, you're just like I thought you would be. And that's to me a really nice compliment because it means I'm being my authentic self. <laughs> it's such a vomity phrase, but you know what I mean. You know I, do, I, mean. I do, I and- do. Are you you? Are you you, Erica? Uh, I'm are mostly you? me. I'm mostly me. <laughs> this discussion it's so true isn't it we self-edit we put our best selves and clearly I don't I don't go on and tell all my sad stories you know and I I you know sometimes amazing things happen and I kind of keep them to myself in certain places like I never talk about how much money I earn or I never talk about the really like dark aspects of my life like anything that I I wouldn't want to share that so there is a top and bottom a cut off if you see what I mean but the middle bit is is pretty much real you know so slightly funnier because I'm writing it. Do you know what I mean? We're all funnier when we write stuff down than we are in person because we can choose our words better. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, I've lost my train of thought now. Because <laughs> you don't know whether you're you. It's, it's a big existential question. Uh, it is. It is. No. And yeah, now I'm just having this like internal therapy session. <laughs> I know. Be more you. You are you. I am me. No, I was going to say, I, I think you had it right. It's that it's, Knowing your limits, because I don't, there are people that I feel from my perspective, like completely overshare too much. Yes. 
online and yes and it's it's good to have some of those barriers but that's only from my perspective like i don't i i agree i, like I, I see it i see it the really bad I see things it too. And the really good things yeah i see it too i see people and i'm like oh what you know why what were you hoping to achieve with that? What did you want from that piece of content? You know, and, and I don't know if it's necessarily a conscious choice, but subconsciously we, we need to be thinking about why have we put that story out there? What are we trying to do? Are we trying to engender sympathy? Do we want people to like us, to trust us? Are we trying to build our authority? Are we trying to make people laugh or warm to us? There is, it has to be an intention. And mm. just sharing all your negative crap because you're having a bad day there's, there's no thought behind that. That's just blurting onto the internet. So I think it's, you have to think about your intention and your goal of your, whatever you're sharing. Mm. And I think some, sometimes those oversharers, I don't know what they're trying to achieve. It's the people, you know, the people who name and shame and the people who rant and the people who say this terrible thing happened to me and I'm just going to, you know, and I'm leaving the group because I can't deal with it. You know, I think people, it's like, what, what do you want? What do you want us to do? I'm not clear. So I think, I think that's an important decision to make. If you're going to go down the personal branding route, to have those boundaries and to still have some level of consciousness about the intent of the content that you're mm. publishing. But it's a really, like, it's, it's a challenge for a lot of people. Because it's, it's certainly not an area I specialize in, but it's one that comes up a lot in conversation because for the digital and social media marketing I do, it's predominantly with brands. So usually yes. we're, you know, developing a personality for the brand and how can we communicate that? And a lot of that is to do with the people behind the brand in my experience, very few of them are actually ready or comfortable to step forward. And we have a lot of conversations about, you know, if, if you want this to go to this level, you're actually going to have to step up and you're going to have to be comfortable to do that. But I've never, I, I can see, unfortunately, there's a lot of people who they, they want it, but they don't want to go there. And I'm not going to be the one to push them to go there because it's not going to be helpful or useful for either them or the audience. <laughs> Um, so it's a really, but I think it's a, a place that a lot of people are quite confused about at the moment because we do see, like you mentioned, these some people that have some beautiful picture perfect looking online brands that I actually do have flowers in the background today, but I never have flowers. I do too, but they're fake. Look, those ones there, they're fake ones. They look quite real though. Yeah, no, they're, they're beautiful. I, I'm really proud of mine because apparently my, my four-year-old wanted to buy me flowers the other day from Audi. Oh. <laughs> like, Oh, it's never happened. Oh, that's cute. Do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it is hard. I was just talking about it, and I spoke at an event last night. It was a big Shopify meetup with lots of people who had little, you know, online shops and big online shops as well. And, you know, talking about, you know, if you have a dress shop online, I mean, gosh, it's one of the most difficult verticals that there is, you know, from an SEO point of view, from a social point of view, it's just a swamped market. So how on earth do you make that work when you're competing with the Azos's and the Amazons of this world? And the only way to do it is to tell your story so that I want to buy that dress. It's the same dress that I could buy there, but I want to buy it from you because I like you. And that whole thing of when you buy from a local business or a small business, someone does a happy dance, someone can pay for their kid's karate lesson. I want to give you my money more than I want to give it to ASOS. And I think most of us are like that, but we have to have that emotional connection. And I can't have that emotional connection with a logo and a stock shop. I can have that personal connection with your face and your story and your words. So I think you're very right. I think you put that very well, that lots of people want it, but they're not willing to do the things that are required to get it. Um, And I understand that, but 
then you just have to give up on wanting it, I think. Yes. And it's not always, and one of the things I've encouraged people to do as well for those who you know might be willing is just that you just need to start and you're not going to go, exactly. sorry, I'm going to do hand motions, which is fine for us on video, but it's going to work on the podcast. It's going to go from here that, to here. That is there. Yes. <laughs> is it because I, I mean, even though I'm probably not quite as me as I could be yet, I know that it's a process. We don't all start off from nothing and then set up, you know, as we've talked about, you set up your websites and your groups and your so, and social media accounts and all of a sudden you're speaking at these places. It's a, it's a process of getting comfortable with how that works as well. And finding your voice and finding, because believe me, I've made mistakes. You know, I've made jokes that have gone really badly. I've offended people. I've you know, posted stuff in groups where people and people have got upset about it and I've had to apologize. You know, there have been mistakes along the way and you've, I've tested the water and, and now I'm pretty good gauge of when I post something, whether it's going to go or not, whether it's going to work or not. And that's taken, it's taken three or four years really to get there. You know, and also the things where you post stuff and it's just tumbleweeds and no one's reacting at all. And you're like, that was really funny. What do you do? So yeah, it, it takes a lot of time to get comfortable with yourself online, you know, as it does in real life, you know, going to, it's like turning up at a big party and being confident enough to talk to random strangers. That's essentially what we're doing online. We're turning up in front of a big room of people, the eyes have all turned to us. What are you going to say? And it can be pretty intimidating, but the truth is most people aren't looking. Most people are so wrapped up in their own stuff that they don't care. And even if they do see something that they don't like or they think is dumb, it's gone in the flash of an eye and they've moved on to something else. You know, yesterday's Twitter feed is gone forever. We'll never see those tweets again. But I just don't think people should put quite so much pressure on themselves to be perfect. Because honestly, when you start out, nobody cares anyway. So you can just practice and have fun. Yes. <laughs> Need to have more fun online. <laughs> we do. We do. It's, 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 it's a pretty dry space, especially when I talk about SEO. I mean, you can't get much more boring than that. So you've got to have fun I with love it. Otherwise, SEO, so I'm probably not there. I know. Well, we're both geeks, so we love it. But you know what I mean? To most people, they're just like, I say SEO and I can see their eyes roll back in their heads. You know, it's like, oh God. So yeah, you've got to have fun. And, and I would say, you know, in my kind of content media plan that I don't have. It's about 20% useful, educational, relevant content to my business and about 80% utter nonsense. You know, the <laughs> stories, random pictures of my dog, pictures of things I see, you know, and that, that kind of works really well. And even in that 20% that's related to my business, 80% of that is helpful, advice, useful, and maybe only 20% of it is ever sales. I actually don't sell that much online. I don't have posts that have a call to action and say, buy this thing, come on this. I only sell my course three times a year and that's for one day. So it's three days. In three days, I make my money pretty much. The rest of the time, it's all just trickling in with no calls to action. So I think that's important as well to you don't have to post content that's useful all the time. You can just have some fun. But like you said earlier as well, that's about, you know, all of that would be part of that process of attracting the right people and repelling the right people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Repelling the right people. <laughs> yeah, the we right don't people. want people who don't want us. We just mm. don't want them. You know, it's, and 
I don't want anyone to like buy my big course because it's expensive. Get on it and go, God, that woman's annoying as all hell. You know, I want them to have worked that out before they buy the course. Listen to the podcast first. Get used to my voice. If it sounds like nails dragging down a blackboard, don't buy my course. So yeah, we do need to have more fun. I do want to touch on a couple of the not so fun elements of this though. (laughs) One of them, first of all, and this is probably coming from a bit of a bit of a personal place is... I am very admirable. This is not, I'm not a copyright. Is that the right word? Admiring. <laughs> very yeah. admiring of the fact that you do share some of the lows as well. And mm. that personally is something I really struggle with because I do feel like there is this, you know, I'm running a business. I'm trying to get people to work, like want to work with me and to it's great when you have great things to say, but I'm not comfortable going, oh, I'm actually going to have to cancel because we haven't had enough people show interest. I thought this was a great thing that we're doing, but it's not. And that's not something that I am comfortable doing or I'm actually, I'm really struggling today. I've got zero motivation. I'm annoyed at all these emails I've gotten from clients. (laughs) That's a... I hate all my clients today. Yes. No, I love them. I love them. (laughs) I love them. Yes, it is hard, but I think it's about curating that story, isn't it? It's about, you know, I've done workshops, no one's bought a ticket, no one's turning up. So you post that. I think that's a great post. Hey, just uh, I'm disappointed today because I was going to run this workshop and unfortunately didn't sell as well as I wanted it to. Um, Lesson learned. I needed to warm my audience up a bit first. I maybe should have done an online event before I did an in-person event because in-person events are annoying as all I'm not going to swear um (laughs) because you're expecting someone to drop everything come to a place and sit there that's really hard I can't do that for like even like if it was like Ed Sheeran or something I would you know I I don't know why I picked him because I don't even like him that much but you know what I mean I it's hard for me to turn up to to my friend's house on a particular day at a particular time let alone your workshop so you know as long as I think you have a lesson I think that's great and I think you know if we're really doing proper brand storytelling, we can't just tell the good stories. Like you have to tell, you need the highs and lows because the lows make the highs so much more enjoyable. You know, the, the fact that like, I just posted today that I'm a bit fed up. I'm fed up today. It's rainy weather. It's nice to talk to you. This has cheered me up no end. But I was a bit like sitting there watching Married at First Sight thinking, I don't want to do work today. Do I have to do it? So I post in a group. I'm fed up. Please put happy memes and gifts up. I'm miserable today. Does that mean I'm not successful? Does that mean my course isn't going to sell out? No, it doesn't, but I'm human. Um, And I think if you show that human element as well, you get more forgiveness. So if I mess up, I think sometimes people think I'm some kind of robot. So, you know, like I can just turn up and do the things and I will answer every email that you send in 24 hours. I can't. I'm a mum. Just like, you only work 20 hours a week. It's hard. So by showing my flaws it makes me more human and people forgive me my mistakes. So it's a, it's a, it's not a strategy, but it's, it definitely works. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So do it. More of yes. It. Let people know. Hope, hopefully I won't have to cancel again, <laughs> but if I do, I'll be honest about it and I'll learn something from it. <laughs> We've all been there. Yes. That's the thing. And that that's the, that's what you're looking for. People are looking for connection. They're looking to find people like you. So the fact that you, I've just told you that I've had to do that before. You've had to do it. I know loads of people have to do it. Yeah. They might not talk about it. And mm. even the famous people, they've had to do it too. We've all been there. So it may, it resonates and people don't think, 
oh, Erica's rubbish, doesn't know what she's doing. They think, God, I've been there. That's tough. Because I, again, I genuinely believe that 99% of people online want you to succeed, want to see your business do well, want to see your podcast get lots of listeners. They want that for you. The one percenters who are like, yeah, she had to cancel her workshop. (laughs) You know, who cares about them anyway? They're idiots, you know? So telling your sad stories doesn't make you look unprofessional. It warms people to you. And I think it builds a connection with other people because they get you. You're like, oh, she's real. She has the same issues I do. It's funny actually because I think all the things we're talking about are just so, it's going to sound very jargon, but it is about, you know, being authentic, being genuine, all these things that we've been talking about for years. And I keep hearing this, um, I don't know if you've heard this, the, the trend for digital marketing in 2019 is to be more human. And I'm like, it's we're ridiculous. at this point where it's actually a trend now. <laughs> actually, it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But it is, it is because if you think about, you know, even a couple of years ago when I was writing copy for brand, it was all about sounding professional and authoritative and sharing, you know, like it was all about sharing blog posts that had a thousand stats in them and, and pie charts and whatever, because that was how we showed that we knew what we were doing. And that's how we built a connection by people going, this person is amazing. Put them on a pedestal. Now we don't want our heroes to be on a pedestal. We want them just a little bit above us, but we don't yeah. want them to be unreachable. Someone like Beyonce is untouchable. She's, she's, uh, she's untouchable. I'll never be Beyonce. Yeah, so it's, I can't connect with her in the same way that I could connect with, say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of another entrepreneur. Even someone like Amy Porterfield. She's not so far ahead. She's not so far ahead that she's not reachable. And that form makes her more inspiring to me because... She's real, you know? There's that whole line that Beyonce has the same amount of hours in the day as I do. It's just not true because she has an assistant and a cleaner and a hairstylist. And so therefore she gets exponentially more hours with every human that she has helping us. So, you know, you sort of people like you and I who are maybe... We're doing a few things that people admire. We literally do have the same amount of hours. So it's much more relatable. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not... There's not, I'm not sitting on some lofty pillar with 17 people working for me. It's me and my dog. And therefore, it feels more doable. And therefore, there's more of a connection. Does that make any sense at all? Yeah, it does. No, and exactly, like, literally right now, because I've come from childcare pickup and I hung out a load of washing before coming to, to chat. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And I've got a couple of hours and I've got to take the dog to the vet, go to Coles and make dinner. And that, but that's the reality. And that's the business that we wanted. I never wanted to recreate that corporate environment. I never wanted to have a team of people working for me. Don't want to pay anyone else's mortgage. Don't want to have an office space. Don't physically want to have to travel somewhere and put on human clothes some days, you know? So we wanted this business. We wanted to be able to work at home and have the flexibility. So let's talk about it and show the dirty behind the scenes. You know, I'm sure if I move your camera an inch to the left, I'm going to see a big pile of <laughs> socks and an a uneaten sandwich. Do you know what I mean? Um, and mine's it's the same. My desk. <laughs> yeah, don't look over there. That Over there is awful. Where, where that little table stops is where it all begins, you know? So that's the truth. And sometimes we need to just turn the camera and go, look, it's a real mess, and then come back again. <laughs> You're like before, after, before, after. Exactly. <laughs> oh no, that's brilliant. Um, I don't, I don't want to. Well, this, this isn't going to be an ending question, but I do want to go here. Unfortunately, was we did you did touch on the the one percenters of people mm. who unfortunately do sound like they have the loudest voices at times. Yes. But part of the the unfortunate side effect of having such a prominent online brand, as well as attracting all of the good opportunities, is attracting a bit of the negativity and trolls as well, which you've also been, been open about having to, to cop. 
I don't really know where to start with that, but how do you have any advice on, on how you do deal with it for people who are looking at putting themselves out there more, but where that is actually a real genuine fear and possibility? Yeah, I just don't think you can let random keyboard warriors stop you following your dreams. You know, it's, that's ridiculous. Some guy in a garage in Arizona is going to write a nasty comment and that's going to stop me launching my course. That's absolute non. When you think of it in those terms, it yeah. is ridiculous. But we're all human and, you know, criticism hurts. And, you know, often the reason these comments hurt is because they do touch on something that you already are worried about. So I used, I got, I get a lot of criticism for like typos and stuff. Um, and it, it kind of really annoys me because I'm like, I know I made the typo sharp. Do you know what I mean? And damn it, I checked it five times. And it was the, shut up. You know, um, I used to get a lot of criticism for the way I looked like being chubby and, and, and whatever. And then when I lost weight, I got criticism for kind of being a traitor to the chubby people. Even the other day I posted a post about the real benefits of running your own business, uh, you know, which were, it was a tongue in cheek post and someone, you know, wrote a comment. I was really, I'm really annoyed with this post. You wasted my time. I clicked through and it was just, it was just stupid and there was no useful advice. So thanks for wasting my time. And I'm just like, yeah, thanks to you. You know, whatever. Have a nice day. Thank you so much for your beautiful feedback. Um, so these days I'm like, I really just try and focus on the, on the, the people I love and the people who love me. Um, I hide comments. I don't delete them because deleting them makes more come. I never respond because mm. it never works out well. Um, I, I just leave it. These days I screenshot them and share them. And for me, it makes great social media content. So when they do it, I'm like, thank you. I couldn't think of anything to post today. And you've just given me something. You wonderful person. Uh, so it, it's, it's not easy and it's taken a lot of years and I'm not saying that tomorrow someone couldn't say something that would make me, that would floor me because we all have bad days. Mm. Uh, but I just, it, I just move on. I just keep on keeping on and I go back to the people that I know love me. Like I have a few little communities where they are my people and I've built them up and we're all a bit weird and I go back there and I help some people and I get a bit of love and that makes me feel a bit better. And I've got a folder on my desktop called nice things where I've kept nice uh, pictures of nice things people have written. And I have a little desk uh, drawer on my desk full of card, thank you cards and stuff. So having those little tools at my fingertips means that if I do get some negativity, I've got enough positivity to kind of drown it out. And that works well for me. Yeah, there's some great tips there. It's, it's really frustrating how I think it is there's that percentage of, you know, five good comments to cancel out one bad comment type thing without, I don't know, I think my, all my maths are going wrong here. I don't know, geography. Oh, I'm terrible maths. at maths. <laughs> terrible. But also I would say a really important thing that I've realised is, even if you get the good comments, don't think there aren't another thousand people who read that article or read that thing and loved it, but didn't comment. Very few people actually yes. go to the effort of commenting, but they read. And I found that where people will say like, you just said that you've been following me for eight years. I had no idea. Do you know what I mean? That's lovely, you know? And, uh, and someone will say, you know, I've never commented before, but I've been reading a blog post for three years and I've always loved them. And it's like, why didn't you tell me? That would have been yeah. lovely to know. So don't think that people aren't silently loving you in the background because they probably are. And someday you'll find out about it. Silent yeah. love. Aww. Give me our other hashtag with like, yes. are you you? <laughs> are you you? Hashtag silent love. That's beautiful. <laughs> Okay. So, oh, this has been wonderful. I think we could talk all day, but we've got, you know, our me messy lives to, to deal with as well. Um, a few wrap up questions. Who or what inspires and motivates you, Kate? 
Um, uh, I get my inspiration a lot from television, actually, television and books so, and the world about me. So I'm a real people watcher. I love nothing more than sitting in a cafe. So I get a lot of ideas from that. Really, I motivate myself. Uh, the, nothing really... It's me. I just don't give my, I think there's a rule, the three second rule. I don't give myself too much time to think about things because if I did, if I looked at my calendar for next week, I would actually cry. So I won't look at it until the day that I have to do the thing. Um, and that stops me getting over. I get, I get a well overwhelmed by tiny little bits rather than all at once, you know? Uh, so I just, I just do the thing. I have a very good ability of just being able to shut off the noise and just get the thing done. And that's, I'm not sure I'm motivated I think that's quite a positive thing. I'm not sure I wake up every day feeling motivated, but I do wake up every day and just do the work. And I think that's an important differentiator. You know, don't wait for motivation, inspiration, just do the work anyway. And it will come through the work. That's what I find. That's, yeah, as a perspective, I probably need to take as well. And if you go back to what you said earlier, I think the, those three pillars um, tie well into that is, you know, rather than looking for external motivation is being able to do that quick checklist of, you know, does it make me money? Do people want it? And do I enjoy it? It's a good way of making decisions and keep moving forward as well. I'm all about learning and ongoing learning. What are you learning at the moment? Are you learning anything new? Well, I'm about to. So I'm about to completely rebuild my SEO course, which I do every year. It takes me about six weeks. Now, obviously, I know an awful lot about SEO, but it's always changing. So this is my period for the next six weeks where I maybe read over 200 articles. I'll watch maybe 50 videos. I will make countless notes. I will go, then regurgitate it as a new course. So this is, I'm about to go into a deep learning period. So I've just handed all my admin over to my VA and I'm going into my bunker to just learn. So, yeah. And I get it from all different sources, mostly... I, think I can't learn from podcasts. I like to listen to podcasts for other things. Mm. But usually I'm not sitting there with a pen and paper. It's not the best way to learn from it. I like to read an article and I like to watch a video. So that's where I, you know, I get most of my stuff. And I just remembered as well, you're about to learn how to ride your scooter as well. My scooter, yes. And that's a great thing. Like trying to, you know, in real life, learn new skills. Like I want to do that. I want to I do a barista course. That's my next thing that Ooh. I want to do. Learn how to make proper coffee. To just do stuff that's not in my head, you know, that's not intellectual, that's not creative in any way. That's kind of quite, quite present and quite physical. I want to yeah. do more of that. I was talking to Brooke McCarthy, who I think you know as well. Yes. yes. Um, a couple of weeks ago. And she, she said there's actually science behind the whole doing things with your hands. And that's why having hobbies and for those of us who do work and spend a lot of time online, it's good to have those other things to do because often it actually generates like stimulates creative thought as well so when you are even though the idea of it is to take you away and have something different to do she finds it it often helps the thing that we need to do because when you're stuck for a blog post idea or a decision and getting out of your own way and doing something with your hands can actually help as well yeah i think your brain my i call it the brain sort of slips sideways a little and you, you're, you're focusing on something else, it actually gives the back of your brain time to process the thing that you're struggling with. It's weird, isn't it? I'm yeah. not, I'm not, I don't know the science, but I, I know that it's true for me. So yeah, mm. sounds good. Um, and finally, if there was one skill or area that you would encourage others to develop if they want to be prepared to do their best online, which is our motto, and I guess in your case, if, it, if that is in the sense of developing their online brand, is there one area that you would recommend for people to focus I, on? 
I think they need to get used to really talking about their business. I mean, writing about it is fine, whatever, but talking about your business, getting used to sort of, I, whenever I do a coaching call with my copywriting group, I make all of them tell me what, who they are, what they do, who they do it for and why they do it better than anybody else. So their unique selling proposition, who they are, what they do, who they do it for and why they do it better than anyone else. And I make them just say it and say it and say it. Every call, repeat it so they get it honed down so well and so that they feel it in their bones. Because once you have that confidence that you, this is what I do and this is who I do it for and this is why I'm great at it, it kind of spreads like like a glow into your fingers into everything you do it's a big thing in my group for people to say i am a copywriter i am a copywriter because people don't want to own that name so i think one of the ways that we learn stuff is just through repetition 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 and if you say something enough to yourself if you tell yourself the right story again and again and again you start to believe it and that's all it is all of us are just trying to believe in ourselves so that's my method talk about your business talk to an empty screen do podcasts go to networking events do facebook lives just talk 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 uh, like i'm doing now way too much <laughs> but in time you will start to really know that what you're saying is the truth and really really believe it I think that's really wonderful thank you I know I've personally taken a lot away from our discussion today so thank you very much it's been wonderful best of luck with the rest of the podcast I'm so glad you have a podcast oh I know I'm yes like I said it's we were talking about it before we started recording actually the some of the challenges to do with it but it's certainly been really rewarding as well it's nice to kind of like muddle my way through it's just um you know this is a yeah, I keep saying it's a new thing. Podcasts aren't really a new thing, but at the moment they're feeling a little bit new. They feel new and exciting. It's yeah. a new adventure and you get to have awesome chats like this. So I know. Thank you. It's like an excuse to talk to awesome people about awesome things. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Uh, now, if people want to find out more about you online, obviously you're everywhere, but where would the best place be for people to find you? Uh, if you go to katetoon.com or type katetoon into Google, uh, you'll get to kind of like what I call my hub site, which is kind of the site that sits on top of everything else, links to social, links to everything else. So that's probably the best spot. Wonderful. And I can recommend your Instagram as well. That's where I see a lot of you, but I think that's probably more, <laughs> could be a reflection of how much time I spend on Instagram. I'm trying well. to do, I'm trying to do Instagram. It's a new thing for me. I know it's not a new thing for anyone else, but for me, I'm trying to do Instagram. I'm really enjoying it. It's a fun place to be. Yeah, I think you do it really well. I get lots oh, of value thanks. out of the posts. Thank so. you so much. I'm gushing, trying. Gushing. <laughs> <laughs> no sorry thanks so much Kay I really really appreciate your time and hopefully we'll have another chat someday as well all right thank you very much bye thank you for listening to the Dobcast I hope you feel inspired and prepared to do your best online if you enjoyed this episode I would love it if you could find the time to leave us a review your feedback helps us improve and also helps others find us so consider it your good deed for the day